0: or go to FailYourWay.com for more info. Now back to the show. Make no mistake. If you're an author, you're an entrepreneur. You're selling the world on your book, aren't you? Of course, it's not as easy as launching a business and then tossing any old book up on Amazon. That's why I help entrepreneurs publish books on the specific topic and in the specific way That will launch or grow their businesses. Welcome to Entrepreneur Publishing Academy with your professor, Anna David. Welcome to Entrepreneur Publishing Academy with your host, Anna David. That's me. Entrepreneur Publishing Academy is one of the best publishing podcasts out there, if I do say so myself. And it is sponsored by Book Elevator Pitch. And if you want to know what that is, and you do, because it includes a crazy treat for you that you want, go to bookelevatorpitch.com. Now, on to pressing matters, like my guest today, who is somebody, it's not that you guys have been asking me for him so much as asking me questions about his creation, which is Harrow or Help a Reporter Out, which is, as I've told you about in previous episodes, the very best way for you to get media attention. His name is Peter Shankman, and in addition to creating Harrow, he's done so many other things um, he's published five books he uh, is a keynote speaker he has a podcast about ADHD but most relevantly for you today he talks about how you really stand out how do you get a response to your hero query I know that I have had plenty that have gone totally unresponded to how do you get a journalist's attention how do you come up with a stunt that will get you the media attention you deserve so, you want the show notes for this episode because it includes like this this stuff, which basically we should all copy and tattoo on our forehead if we want to remember exactly all the tricks. So you want those, you go to uh, LegacyLaunchPadPub.com slash blog slash Shankman. And now I give you Peter Shankman. Peter, thank you so much for being here.
1: Glad to be here.
0: So you, in addition to being an author, you many times over, you are, I consider you someone who has helped uh, authors get coverage more than anyone else out there. Because the first thing I do, as anyone who listens to this podcast knows, is I say, go to Harrow when you're writing your book, because you are writing a book on this topic. Therefore, you are an expert on this topic. So I say thank you on behalf of all authors, Peter.
1: You're welcome. I'm. I'm. It's nice to see that something I created, God, almost 15 years ago now, uh, is still is still very popular. So that's that's makes me happy every time I hear it.
0: More popular than ever, it seems like. Um, yeah, people
1: seem to keep uh, keep using it. I and mean, there's always a part of me that wants to buy it back, but you, you can't go home again.
0: Well, and also there are these poor imitations that I have tried, and I'm just saying they just they suck in comparison. I'm not naming names. Um. So, okay, so tell me about the inspiration to start, Harold. How did that happen?
1: Um, so I talk to everyone. I have massive ADHD. And when you have massive ADHD, uh, you talk to everyone. And if, if I'm on a plane and you're next to me, unless you fake your death, I'm going to know everything about you by the time we land. <laughs> and so over time, you know, just through growing up and living in New York City and Boston and California, I, I, I created this, this massive uh, Rolodex of, of, you know, if anyone listening to you under 30, uh, Rolodex is like Outlook, but it has cards and you turn it. And um, I came with this massive Rolodex of thousands and thousands of people and, and journalists, you know, I, I ran a PR from one point in my life and journalists knew me and they knew who I was. They said, Peter, hey, you know, I'm doing a story on whatever, you know, everyone, who do you know who does whatever? I said, oh yeah, call this guy or call that guy. And, um, over time, more and more journalists started calling me, asking me if, um, you know, Hey, I'm doing a story on whatever. And, and the, the straw that brought the camel's back was recorded. Hey, I'm, I'm calling from the wall street journal. A friend of mine at the times, said that, you know, a lot of, I'm doing a story on, on what was it, on African farming. And my friend said, you have a lot of friends that are Sub-Saharan soil experts. (laughs) Sub-Saharan soil experts. I'm like, oh yeah, I was just dating a Sub-Saharan soil expert. (laughs) And, um, but like 12 hours later, I found a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend at USC knew someone, right? So it's like, all right, this this is getting a little ridiculous. Maybe if I, what if I put all the queries together and send them out automatically? And, you know, that led to to what is now a help reporter.
0: That that is amazing. So how I, my personal experience with Harrow is the very first time I used it, I wrote a two line thing. And suddenly the next day I'm quoted in Fortune magazine, I ended up being quoted million, not, you know, dozens of times by that writer. Then I have written elaborate, amazing things to like blogs that are super random and I never hear back. Yep. So what is the secret? Is it just a numbers
1: game? I, you know, I think it's partially a numbers game, but more more across the more across the the field, I think it's about an early response game. You know, think about this when the Harold goes out at five forty five in the morning by by six o'clock, there are at least hundred people that have sent in a response um, to every single query. And so if you're smart enough to know um, your answer, you need to do a couple of things. You need to make sure that your your response is quick, is to the point, is easy. Um, <clears throat> you need to make sure that you can write in such a way that, uh, the reporters uh, are willing to use it, that it answers the, all the questions they have and doesn't waste their time. And most importantly, that you have it done quick. So, I mean, the best recommendation I can give um, create a mock write up of what you would send with some key parts left blank. And those key parts are usually what the reporter's going to ask. So, you know, my name is Peter. I recently founded a company called da-da-da-da. We Do Da 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 Da. Based on your query about blank. Um, I think I'd be the perfect person to answer the question of, of does blah, 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 blank because our company blah, 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 blank. And then, and, you know, that gives you that much more to work with and you can really read the harrow, fill it out and send it within three minutes. That, and that is, is A lot of it is a speed game. A lot of it is a speed game.
0: It goes out 5.45 East Coast
1: time, right? 5.45 AM East Coast, 12.45 PM East Coast, and then 5.45 PM East Coast. Yeah, I had a and a friend of mine on the West Coast who paid me a little bit compliment, she goes, I know I've been awake too long on the West Coast when I get Peter's morning harrow uh, before I go to bed.
0: <laughs> I know that's my recommendation to you, California. It's just stay up all night. You'll exactly. be the first.
1: Exactly. Well, there are, you know, there are people um, who use, harrow, who, who set their mailing program on their phone to, to have the harrow act as an alarm. And so oh they wake God. up when the 545 comes out so they can review it and answer. Yeah, there are there are some junkies out there.
0: Well, what I think is really genius about it is, you know, I started in journalism back when we would never have conceived of taking emailed answers as a quote right. and, t- and it just changed. How did you understand that that was changing or was that just a lucky break?
1: I started my career, I mean, I was a journalism major in the early 90s, and I wound up starting my career as, uh, my first job at a school was I helped found the newsroom in America Online. Yeah. And I watched digital news be born. You know, I watched the birth of digital news between us and and MSNBC. Um People don't realize that MSNBC actually stood for Microsoft NBC, uh, and it was a Microsoft NBC joint joint venture. And um, you know, we launched a newsroom in the height of the dot well, not the height of the dot com boom, but back when the dot com boom was first gaining its legs in the, the mid early mid nineties. And so, by the time the dot com boom came around, I mean, do you remember? Do you remember something called Pointcast? Pointcast was this this screensaver that would turn on and bring you information, right? Bring you news to your screen while your screen was off, right? While your screen, screensaver was on. So, you know, all the, I saw where it was going and I saw more importantly that for every new bit of technology that was impacting journalists negatively. Journalists are consistently having to do 10 times more with five times less or, by, or scratch that, reverse it. And so for me, I'm like, well, what can I do? I always said that the, 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 my job as a PR person back when I did PR isn't to make a, a client happy, it's to make a reporter happy. If I make a reporter happy, the client's gonna be happy by default. So what can I do to make that client, to make that journalist happy? And for me, that was always offering them information when I didn't necessarily have anything to pitch them. And that was really the foundation of Harrow. So the concept of being able to help a journalist do more with less and mm-hmm. save them time is really what sort of blew it up.
0: And so, and you also have a book about how to, one of your earlier books was really about how to, you know, kind of awesome PR sort of stunts, would you say?
1: Yeah. My first book book was called, um, uh, Can We Do That? It was all about outrageous PR stunts and and how they can benefit your company.
0: So so how has it changed now? Do you have to be more outrageous today than when you wrote the book?
1: So, you know, it's funny. um, I'm a talking head on CNN and MSNBC and a lot of what they call me for back eight, nine years ago, they used to call me when, when companies or people did stupid shit, Um, you know, uh, when they took a PR stunt too far, Um, when a celebrity said something stupid Uh, with the invention of Twitter and the dumbing down of America and, you know, our previous president, things like that um, the bar for what stupid things actually are, uh has dropped right or has raised I guess depending on how you look at it and you know I don't get called about that anymore you call about other things but you know a company making a stupid statement might gather two seconds of screen time when 10 years ago it gathered 10 minutes worth so right. you have to ask yourself you know where is where is the bar you know it's the same thing with customer experience the customer service bar is so damn low that I don't need you to be awesome anymore I need you to suck slightly less than everyone else <laughs> And the same thing sort of applies in in, in, in in from PR standpoint. There are so many bad pitches going out every single day in the media that I don't need you to be awesome. I need you to just get the facts right, get them to the right journalists and get their name right. I, I will, you know... My two favorite stories. One, which happened a couple of days ago, and was quickly my new favorite story. I was in an Omni Hotel in, in, in Florida two days ago, about to give a keynote. Mind you, I was doing yesterday actually about to give a keynote. Mind you, I was doing this uh, with with um, Salmonella, so I wasn't happy to begin with, and I couldn't get online. And I called the front desk. I'm like, yeah, my my. Like, they're like, will you enter your last name and your um, your room number, number in the box? I'm like, yeah. They're like, oh, are you sure you're spelling your last name right? <laughs> well, it's been my last name for going on almost 50 years, so I'm, I'm pretty sure I got that part down. Thanks. Um, you know, and then the other one, my favorite is, is you know, um, last Mother's Day, I got a pitch. I still get tons of pitches uh, all the time from media. And I got one last last Mother's Day. Uh, Dear Peter, we know that working moms like you have it tough. <laughs> so, you know, that if that's where the bar is, I don't need you to be awesome. I don't need you to walk across fire. That shit's hard. I don't need you to do any of that. I just need you to suck. us.
0: I mean, I, you are preaching to the choir. This thing with hotel, like basically the companies that used COVID as an excuse to suck and never come back from sucking. I- because right. they're just like, oh, no, no, we don't clean rooms anymore because of COVID. Sorry? Sorry? What does that yeah. even
1: mean? I got the same thing.
0: Yeah. Anna here. Now, are you an entrepreneur who wants to write and publish a book about your own failures turned successes? Well, good news. That's what my company, Legacy Launchpad, does. Find out more at legacylaunchpadpub.com. That's legacylaunchpadpub.com. Now, should you do a book, you ask? I think so. Why? Because you're worth it. Now back to the show. Um, so, but in terms of a stunt that would work, you know, what what kinds of things would you recommend? I mean, I'm looking at what some of the things you talked about in that book. Um, um, a small yarn shop uh, that got people to eat their sweaters.
1: No, no, no. The the the, the small yarn shop. The best one for that. Well, yeah, that was made at a hemp, So Martha Stewart ate the sweater. But the best one for the yarn shop was that we created a, uh, you know, the problem with the art store is they were just outside New York City and you're we just outside New York City. Um, no one wants to visit you because, yeah. you know, New York City, might outside New York City might as well be Wisconsin. And so what we did was we created uh, a bus and we put two giant needles on the uh, two giant needles and two giant balls of yarn made out of like, um, you know, plastic on the roof of the bus and drove around New York City, picking people up, taking them to the art store and bringing them back. Uh, called the Yarn Bus, and it was um, everywhere. It was Today Show. It was it was on Martha Stewart. It was all over the world, and um, they made a fortune because you know they were the average spend I think for every customer was like two hundred bucks, and they were bringing like you know three hundred customers a day. It was crazy.
0: Um, and so, so these PR stunts that you wrote about in the book were they all ones you engineered? Yes. Uh, okay, another one. Uh, you got uh, CEOs to jump out of a plane in the name of brand visibility. Who is that for?
1: So that was for actually my PR firm. Um, I During the dot-com boom, everyone had a PR firm and everyone was trying to do better. And, and I'm like, well, how can we get press that, you know, what can we do to invite reporters and, and potential clients to do, oh, a softball game, boring, picnic, boring, There's, you know, dance party, boring, let's go skydiving. Someone <laughs> said, I don't remember who, one of, the, one of the main places let's go skydiving. So 150 is out of a plane. We called it Web Dive 2000. We got, we got front pages, tons and tons of press. My lawyer had a heart attack when I told him what we were doing. But it was, <laughs> it was incredible. And the best part about it, was that the uh, hundred and fifty people, one hundred and forty-nine of them, um, uh, you know, jumped and had a great time and left it at that. No, I I wound up getting my skydiving license and I have over five hundred jumps now. I've jumped over the pyramids of Giza and, and all over the world. So yeah, it's pretty crazy.
0: So that was your first time, though. Yeah. Um, and okay, another one stolen. You who truck became a financial and media relations coup. Tell me about that one.
1: Yeah, we had a client. Uh, I was repping Yuhu at the time, and and we had a garbage truck that traveled around the country to go going to the um, uh, warp Tour concerts one summer, two thousand two. And they were followed by a truck with all the supplies, all the Yuhu and everything like that. And that truck was stolen one night, and so we put in an APB offering a free lifetime supply of Yuhu if someone found the truck. It was found in like forty five minutes.
0: Um, oh my god! So so um, your brain, which you know, as you've discussed many times, works really fast. I just automatically thinks of these things. How do you think of something like that that's going to be a stunt.
1: A lot of times, it's just understanding that hey, this could be worth. You know, I ask myself, would I want to read about this, right? Okay. And that's really what you should be doing. You should ask yourself, is this is this something? If if I didn't know this company, if I wasn't attached to this brand, would I want to read this? Would I want to take a look at what's going on? Would this interest me? And if the answer is yes, you know, why not? Give it a shot and see what happens.
0: I mean, I think that that is the major problem. And I used to come at it this way. Like we think our books are news. Our books are not news to anyone. No one cares about your books.
1: Very little stuff that we do that could be considered news. Very little. A lot of it is going to be the question of what is interesting enough to be worth the time of the journalist? Because so few things are. Right. Right. So the question is, what can you find that becomes interesting to the journalist? What can you, how can you take a story that would otherwise be boring as shit? Repainting your conference room is not a story. Right. So what can you find? that you can then take to the journalist and say, okay, this has some interest because it's not just about me.
0: Right, right. I, so how have you used this for your books? Did you do stunts? How did you promote your books?
1: Well, I mean, Faster Than Normal, my, my most recent book, which is about ADHD, uh, is the premise that ADHD is a gift, not a curse. And every media outlet I talk to you know, thought of thought that what they've been told, which the ADHD is obviously a curse. It's a terrible thing to have. It's the worst thing in the world. I come out of the line saying, actually, no, there's some benefit here. Right. If you understand how to use your brain in a better way, you can actually do pretty well. And, you know, saying that, oh, wow. Okay. Never thought of it that way. Give me some examples. I have four or five examples ready to go at any given time. That changes things. So yeah. it really is. It's a way of, um, can you make people think a little different?
0: And so but it's not like you wrote that book with the, with the concept like, oh, this is going to be really needed to journalists. This is what you know.
1: Right. Or, or I wrote both. the book based on, I wrote the book based on how I could help people channel their inner ADHD and how they could use their advantage, but I understood how to pitch it because of what I do for a living. And so... Do.
0: Somebody who doesn't have your contacts and doesn't, um, you know, but has, you know, a very creative brain and can think of saying, what would you recommend? Let's say they're like, I want to be on the mainstream media. And they've got a book about, um, uh, you know, let, let's try to think of something kind of boring. I have no idea. Not that this is boring. Adopting a kid. Okay. Right. And they're like, this is my memoir. It's a really heartwarming story. How do they get media attention? Well, it's a human interest thing,
1: right? You talk about, um, you know, I wasn't able to have children. And this was my journey towards eventually finding the child of my life. <laughs> Excuse me, finding that child who who, who changed my life. This is the, my journey of saving a child from abuse in Russia, whatever it is. Right, right, right. You know, it's not just about, hey, I adopted a kid. Where's the better part of that story? Where's the part that would make you go, oh, wow, I want to read that? Where's the, you know, we have a very short attention span, 2.7 second attention span in this country. So what can you do to make... Um, the 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 reporter or the person or the reader stop and say, okay, I'll give you more time. Now.
0: Yeah, yeah. And do you? Um, I, I've had I had a previous guest who said, oh, you got to call journalists because they get no, so you many emails. Do not. You never call a journalist.
1: No, you do not. If someone called me right now and I wasn't expecting the call, <laughs> I'd have them killed. No, um, <laughs> there is nothing good about making a phone call. The phone. I mean, I can't believe we used to answer those things without knowing who was calling. That's amazing. Isn't that
0: outrageous?
1: I know. Grew up in the '80s. The phone ringing. Hello? No, um, no. Do not email, text, anything that the reporter. First of all, find out how the reporter likes to get their information. The best way to do that is ask the reporter how like to get their information. They'll tell you. Mm-hmm. and they tell you, use that way. So, how do you ask them? How, you look on Twitter. Sure where do would what do what you email? Them? Say, hey, curious. I got your email from Station or from wherever. I have an idea for a story. Um, what's the best way to pitch you? Mm-hmm. They will respond. They will say, "Oh, thanks for asking. Do it this way." Okay. So it's, be- it's better to do that than just to go in for the pitch. Oh God. Yeah. Make, make that first connection, even if it's a, you know, or, or follow them online. Hey, I saw this piece you wrote on XYZ. I, I loved it. I'd love to pitch you something similar. What's the best way to do that? Read right. their bios. A lot of time they'll write out what their bios are.
0: Right. Right. So, okay. And so you do occasional, like you have a webinar coming up by the time this place it's yeah. a past um, on um, how to pitch journalists uh news newspaper tv online all of that um can you how often do you do these webinars can people just to go to them
1: yeah and actually you know what you can actually even though it's it'll be passed when you run this uh people can still buy the audio recording so i'm happy to give you the link it's um awesome yeah, shank shank.mn slash press so press.
0: Yeah. I mean, even though the hotel doesn't know that Peter knows how to spell his last name, he does. He just (laughs) proved it. Um, So um, I'm just I'm just looking at some of the things you're covering in that. Um, What guarantees you'll never get a response from a journalist?
1: Um, Pitching them the wrong way, pitching them off topic or complaining that they wrote a piece and you weren't in it. So they're obviously mistaken. (laughs)
0: <laughs> um, but you could write and say, I've actually done this effectively before you can write and say, I absolutely loved your piece. I'm, I'm going to not so humbly say, Hey, you could, I also have a podcast about this topic yeah, or next whatever. Time,
1: if you ever do this again, touch on this again, feel free to file this. If you ever do this again next time.
0: Yeah. Um, how to piggyback back off a great media hit. What's the secret?
1: Yeah. The secret is grab that great media hit, figure out why it went, why it was a success and then alter it. Alter it and pitch it in different ways. There are different um, uh, brands out there. There are different, um, you know, if you got a great TV hit, how can you turn that into um, into um, press? How can you turn it into written word? How can you turn it into a blog form? How can you turn it? Maybe someone wants to follow that up on a podcast. Whatever it is.
0: Um, you know, I had. I'm remembering. I had a, uh, a publicist on this podcast who said to me, "You could never get on a mainstream show first time out. You got to work your way up through
1: local TV." Yeah, really I'm like, stupid guess
0: I mean, and so I said, <laughs> "That's weird," because my first TV thing was CNN, and so and so is that just someone who doesn't get how to play the game? Yeah,
1: it's first of all, any anyone who says anything along the long of you, you'll never. I automatically discount. I had a great teacher in school who told me that. On a true or false test, if there's, or on a multiple choice test, if the answer, if one of the choices are, at, are usually never or always, those are usually wrong. Yeah. And that's true. Like a great, great piece of advice. So yeah, there are tons of ways to do better than that.
0: Yeah. You can absolutely get on CNN or Today Show your first time out if you have the right thing. Um, related to that, I had, well, something I used to say uh, to like, you know, uh, when your thought is always or never, it's not a true thought. I'm it's going to be like, whatever it is. So that can be applied in many, many places. Uh, what are the best email subject lines to get responses?
1: Um, it varies, but you know, for me, and I'm not giving away everything from the webinar, but I would say that for, I've had a lot of success with just being straight up a pitch on X, Y, Z. You get, you should follow NY times pitch bot. It's pretty funny. They, they come up with some of the worst pitches possible to be sent to New York times, but um, you know, anything that you can do that's out there, um, you know, just figure out again, don't waste the journalist time.
0: Yeah. I'll tell you, I in pitching you because I was just looking up the email, I, and this is how I will pitch people I really want on the podcast. I'll go podcast request nine hundred and fifty thousand plus downloads.
1: Not a bad thing. You said yes quickly. Yeah, I'm happy to. You know, I think at the end of the day, for me, I don't mind doing things like this because it's good karma, and you yeah, know where it's going to lead. Right? I'm yeah, happy to help if I can. I think the more more people in the world should help.
0: Um. Great. Well, if you could leave, thank you so much for this. Doing this while you don't feel well. Um, if you could uh, leave authors uh, with their with one piece of advice, your final advice for them when they if they want to get media attention for their book or for themselves, what would you recommend?
1: Um, one piece of advice: don't focus so much on crafting a story about you. Focus on crafting a story that other people would find interesting that includes yourself. Great.
0: I love it. Well, Peter, oh. thank you so much. Uh, best place for people to find you.
1: Yeah. My entire world is, uh, uh Shankman My, uh, social name everywhere is at Peter Shankman, including Peloton and, um, yeah, reach out. I'm, I'm Peter. At Shankman.com is my email. I'm always happy to chat.
0: Okay. Awesome. I'm going to find you on Peloton later today. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining me this week on Entrepreneur Publishing Academy with Anna David For more info about the show, go to entrepreneurpublishing.academy where you can get links to show notes and subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, and all the other places. Speaking of those places, if you got anything out of this show, I can't tell you how much I'd appreciate a rating on iTunes and please Don't forget, you can tell an author or entrepreneur friend about the show. Another forget-me-not, my company, Legacy Launchpad Publishing, is available to help industry leaders and those with stories to share at any stage in their publishing journeys, whether that's writing, editing, or publishing. Just go to LegacyLaunchpadPub.com to find out more. And be sure to tune in next week for, next week's episode You know, if you subscribe, you never have to worry about missing one.